Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. You're in the fall! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle, une passe devant. Et c'est la you found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together they worked a young team to the top. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup! Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6 beer. Intense by nature. And Locage. If the last time you went to Locage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Locage. It's gonna be sick. Marinaro and welcome on this Thursday, February 2nd. And the Montreal Canadiens are going to be back in action, not this Saturday, but next Saturday. Because, of course, this weekend is NHL All-Stars weekend. And the NHL skills competition will take place tomorrow night. The All-Star game will take place on Saturday night. And earlier today was NHL Media Day, where several of the NHL All-Stars uh, we're live uh, on the terrace of uh, a beautiful hotel in South Florida. And my buddy, Jeremy Filosa of uh, 98.5 FM, uh, will join me probably in about 25 minutes time to tell me who he talked to earlier today, what came up, what was discussed. I'm really looking forward to that. It's the SICK Podcast brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group. And if you're in transportation sales, customer service operations, HR, or admin, well, the good news is Energy Transportation Group is hiring for all positions. I've had a chance to hang out at their company on more than one occasion. And let me tell you uh, that if I was looking for a job, they'd probably be one of the first places that I'd, uh, I'd knock on their door because every time I walk in, everyone has a smile on their face. And that's usually a very good sign. You can't fake those things. You can't. You can see right through people. You can't fake those things. Those smiles are legitimate. Also brought to you in part by 8.6 beer. You see it right here. This is the India Pale Lager. It's a 7%, and it's intense by nature, like me, the beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark. And brought to you by Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you go back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. As a matter of fact, I, uh, I went on my Lacage app earlier today, and uh, I was leaving Tivia Spa. And I said, I'm going to pick up some Lacage and bring it home. And I went onto my app. I placed my order. It told me it would be ready in 30 minutes time. By the time I left downtown Montreal and I got there, I said, I'm here to pick up my order. Two minutes later, they gave me my order. I was on my way. And uh, we were pretty happy tonight in the Marinero household because we ate some pretty good food from Lacage. Without further ado, I bring in my guest. He's a collaborator every Thursday. Um, I haven't had a nickname for him up until now, but I finally found a nickname. Are you ready? This is it. It is George. 20 minutes, bro. Larac. Hold on a second. You're going to do me a favor? You're going to do me a favor. You sound like you're talking through a garbage can. I let you do it last week. I let you do it the week before. You know, it's funny because I was going to personally deliver you a microphone. And we just got the microphone, I think, today. And I wasn't able to make it. But tomorrow, I'm personally delivering the microphone. Because when you join me next week, it's a mic by Tascam. It's amazing. And it hooks directly into your phone. It's unbelievable. I tested it. It's unbelievable. And it's going to change your life and my life. I'm almost scared to ask you to speak now because I have a feeling the sound's still going to be bad. Speak. Okay. How, how does it feel right now? It's better. 
It's good, okay. I put both. I put both your ear earplugs. In. Okay. It No, it's not good again. Oh my god, should, should you kill me? The, the, something else. How is it? How is it that I have like 10, 15, 20 okay, kilometers? One second, one second. I have a question. Please, how's that? How's it's that? better. It's better. This this is good? Yes. But you know, for okay. me, it's mind boggling that on the sick podcast, I have 15 collaborators, give or take. The one who played in the National Hockey League, who's the only one who made millions, his sound is the worst. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Tell me what mic to get. I'll get it. You don't have to send it to me. Okay. No, we got it already. We got it. And we got it for many of our collaborators. As a matter of fact, pretty much whoever has a mic problem, we got it for them. And uh, I'm going to personally deliver it to you tomorrow. Okay. okay. Are you going to be at the... Send it to the... Send it to the station. I'll be there. You'll be at the station tomorrow? Okay. Yes. So if I if I don't personally deliver it, I'll have somebody deliver it. But tomorrow, you're going to get the mic. It plugs into your phone. It's absolutely amazing. This awesome. guy is the best. He played in the... How many years did you play in the NHL? 13 years. 13 years. He made millions. He's got millions in the bank. He owns restaurants. He owns cart store. He, like, owns every single business you can think of. The worst sound is his. Send me the bill and I'll pay for it. Man. You're not paying for nothing. We got it. We're gonna give it to you. We're happy to give it to you. All right. I know, but and if, if I you're don't wondering, it, if you're wondering, forever. If I don't pay for it, I'll hear about it from you forever. I'd rather pay for it. And if you're wondering where the 20 minutes bro comes from, it's <laughs> we send George the link. He asked for the link to come on the podcast. We give him the link, and then as soon as we connect in our internal chat in our private <laughs> chat. There's 20 minutes, bro. LOL. It's been the same thing for the last four times we've talked. So because tonight, officially uh, on Thursday, February 2nd, he is now known as George 20 minutes, bro. Larac. But Tony, otherwise we're going to talk for an hour and, and usually asleep at this time. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Okay. So let's hey, do, this. do it at nine and I'll talk to you for an hour. At 10, it's late, man. Okay. Let's talk for 20. But not Canadian, not U.S., not European, 20 pounds. <laughs> All right, okay. Uh, you know, believe it or not, I have a lot to talk to you about, even though the Canadians are off. Okay. Uh, you, if it's not one of your collaborators that keeps on making the news on your show because he's trading every 18-year-old prospect every year, he's trading one. <laughs> if it's not him, and he's my buddy and I love him and I miss him, if it's not him, it's you. What did you say yesterday on BPM Spot about Rafael Arvipinar? What did you say? What I said about him is I said that it would. I don't think that isn't a plan to be in the roster next year. You're crazy. Next, next season in October, I said the only way he's gonna because um, people. What people have to understand is that right now he has a lot of ice time because of injuries and because there's a lot of people missing and he has an opportunity now and stuff and he's shining um but the only way that he's, he's gonna have a chance is you know after the all-star break uh game is gonna be way harder way tougher because team is gonna be fighting for a playoff spot if he's having success after the all-star break and he's forcing the canadian hands we have a chance to see him next year but you know so he's ready, George. George, you know that. He's ready. And it's not because he scored five goals in the last week, George. It's because he's playing better at the National Hockey League level than he did in the American Hockey League level, which leads me to believe that he's not playing with good enough players down there. And playing with better players, he's playing better hockey. He's a prototypical fourth liner for sure. He plays with heart. He plays with passion. He plays with energy. He works hard. He's going to be on an entry-level contract. He's from La Belle Province. He, he, he wears the jersey with a lot of pride. I'm not going to get carried away and start telling you that he's going to be a first-liner on this team next year because, obviously, what we've seen for him, this is not him. Because if this is going to be him, he's going to be one of the best players in the league, and we know that that is very, very highly unlikely. But you don't think that Rafael Arvi Pinard has at least made his niche to show that he's going to be on the Canadians' fourth line at the very least next year, especially considering not only the way he's playing, but the fact that Dadunov will no longer be here, Drouin will no longer be here, 
Monaghan will no longer be here. You don't think he's going to be on this team but, next but year, George? The thing is, is uh, there's a couple games that he played. And as, as I said, he's going to have to maintain this till the rest of the season. Two games, five games doesn't make a career. Five games doesn't make a decision for next year. What I was saying when I was talking about it is that he was not in the Canadian plans until we see him recently. He was not in, in the plan. He was not in the top four lines. But the way that he's playing now, he's opening up their eyes and they're going to see what he's made of. They get him some minutes and he's producing. And, and it's good. But, as, and, but again, remember, it, it's, the, it's Ottawa. Ottawa is not good. Ottawa is struggling. They don't have any goalie. They might not make the playoff. I'm going to tell you, let's, like this, let's have this discussion in 20 games. Let's see, because hockey is going to be much harder. You know, the last stretch of the regular season is the hardest. Let's see when they play tough teams. Let's see how he does against these teams, and then we'll see. Because Perfect. Well, why don't we talk, George, why don't we do this, though? You know what this conversation has started to remind me of? Don't get me wrong, okay? It's two different players, but I, I need you to hear me out, please, before you to spite and cush, Okay. You remember at the World Juniors when Connor Bedard was picking up seven points? Everyone was saying, yeah, but uh, he's playing against easy teams. Why doesn't he do it against the hard teams, right? Yeah. Why didn't anyone else pick up seven points? So now you're telling me, Tony, he's playing easy games. Okay. Everybody else is playing easy games too, George. No, but George, Tony, he's, got, he's got five more goals than Drouin. Tony, I, I'm not disputing the fact that the guy is working hard. And Dwayne's not going to be back here next year. Correct. You're looking so at a team that is building a team because they need a future core that will be surrounded by veterans to make the playoff to win the cup, right? Ultimately, that's the goal. So all I'm saying is that so far, he deserves, he put himself in a position to get a really good look, more ice time, really good chance, and we'll see how long he could do. If he does this till the end of the season, he'll be there next year. But it's way too, too much premature after seven games to say he's worked his way himself into next uh, roster next year. It's too early. It's not enough games yet. We'll see what he's going to do till okay. the end of the season. Perfect. As a guy who knows the importance of a fourth line, which is an energy line, and I realize he's not the biggest player and he's not 6'3 and he's not 220. I get that. But he's persistent. He's determined. He's in pursuit of the puck. He chases down the puck. He's aggressive on the forecheck. Once again, he plays with that energy. Isn't he exactly what you would want? And especially on a team that wants to start shaving salary off the cap, and he comes in at an entry level as well. I mean, and don't you find he brings the best out of Pozzetta, and Pozzetta brings the best out of him, and he brings the best out of Belzil, and Belzil brings the best out of him. And I'm not saying Pozzetta is going to be here next year. I don't know. I'm not saying Belzil is going to be here next year. I don't know. But I'm willing to bet that RHP will be. I really am. But you know that this, you know that, and we all know that this line when they were together was the best line in Montreal Canadian. They played the hardest. They're hard to play against. Look at all the hits Pozzetta was having every game. Seven hits, six hits. Pezzetta in three, four games had more more hit than the entire team since since like a long time. It's amazing the way that they've been clicking together. And now you know our VP dog got a promotion with in yeah. the top line. He deserves it. Uh, it's because of work ethic, man. But Tony, like I love the way that he plays. I love him. He reminds me of a healthy Gallagher, and I hope he could keep it up. I yeah. hope like. We, we need French Canadian on this team to, to make in a roster spot. But, you know, a lot of people make judgment after five games. I say, let's wait till the end of the season and we'll see what he does and if he could keep it up, even against tougher teams. What is it with you and pillows exactly? Do you have a fetish or something? <laughs> <laughs> it's because when it's close to my bedtime, that's why I have a fellow and stuff to lay down to when it's as soon as we're done, I lay right down and I'm dead. I'm sleeping. That's what I, it's a pillow with polka dots or what is? This? No, no, there's no Pokemon, no dots, nothing in it. I'll, I'll, I'll send you, you since you're sending me a mic, I'll send you a pillow, Tony. My God, what are we? You're gonna start doing advertisement for the pillows like the other guy that what's his name? My my pillow guy. You're gonna start doing the same thing or what? I don't know. <laughs> what are you? Are you? Are you at home or are you in a hotel room? Yeah, Where are you? yeah, I am. I am. And that's why I'm like, I'm like uh, in the living room, and then and then yeah, and but but at this time, you know, oh, you're in the living room right now. You're not in the bed. 
Yeah, and that's why, and I get up so early, Tony. That that's why it's like, you know, that we do shoot, do it nine o'clock next year, nine o'clock the sick box has. Yeah, and what happens when the Canadians are playing from seven to nine thirty? What do we do? We go well, on we at nine. After the game, nine thirty then. Right after the game is done. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know what? Nine thirty is not a. It's not a bad thing. It's just that. Uh, some games go after 9.30, and then some games go to overtime, no, and some then, games go to a shootout. And starting shows, starting shows on the 30 is usually not ideal. Hey, your buddy, who, uh, of course, you work with at BPM Spot, your buddy Jean-Charles Lajoie, speaking of Raphael Arvipinard, he, uh, he mentioned something to me the other day, and he said to me, why can't Arvipinard be the Burroughs for the Sedins? And I said, Jean-Charles. Walk before we run here. Take it easy. And he goes, well, why not? Why not? You know, you go in the corners and this and that. So he says to me, he says, why can't RV Pinard be playing on a line with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield last season? And I said, he says, is it impossible? And I said, no, it's not impossible. But I said, there's two things you need to know. Number one, I said, even though your heart's in the right place and I know you want kids from here to play here and you want the whole team to be kids from here, that's fine. And that's, 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 that's honorable. But I said to him, I don't think you're doing the kid a favor or any of these kids a favor. When they come up, they play three, four games. They do well. You start saying that you want them on the first line because you know what? It's too much added pressure for no reason. Let's just see how it goes. Okay. And then I said to him, he said, is it possible? Yes or no? I said, it's possible. Anything's possible. But if you want my opinion, it's going to be no. And he said, why? And I said, do you think the Canadians' number one line is going to be five foot eleven Nick Suzuki with five foot seven Cole Caulfield and five foot nine Rafael Arvipinar? I don't see it happening. So I said it would be a really easy line to play against when the Canadians are on the road. So I said, I'm going to stick with the guy that's going to end up being on that line going forward. I don't know if it's going to be next year, but the guy is going to be Slavkovsky. Oh man, oh, you're crazy! Come on, man. Slavkovsky right now with it, the development, he's so much behind. Slavkovsky one day, one day, not now, and not even next year. One day, Slavkovsky is not going to be the winger for Suzuki and Caulfield. Never. No, and was he too, George? George, you're spending, you're, you're spending too much time with your head on that pillow. Need to Tony, <laughs> your head up. Start breathing a little bit. Tony, you need oxygen. Tony, you know what I would do with Slavkovsky? I would. Put him on a package to go get Dubois. I don't want him here anymore. <laughs> I'm serious, Tony. Oh, I'm George, serious. George, George, you, you, no, they've changed you, George, George. You have to go. Tony, I'm serious. To George, they've ruined you. I don't know what happened. You've been hypnotized. They got into your brain, George. You have to, George. This whole city is talking about Pierre Luc Dubois. George, we have to stop. You're trading your 18, you're trading 18-year-old Uri Slavkowski. For Dubois. Who's in his first season. Yeah. Who has For a Dubois. pedigree that's incredible. Who's six foot four, 220, and uh, 230 on an entry yeah. level contract. And, and, and that get that gets rocked by midgets. He's getting hit all over the place. He can't because, stand on his because feet. the NHL goes fast. You have to give him a chance to learn. George, uh, George, are you sure you're going to trade Slavkowski already for Dubois? Why the Canadians are going to win the cup next year with Dubois? No, no, Dubois. He's part of the rebuild plan. This is it. It's beautiful. They're young. They're going to grow together. You want to take arguably one of their top three prospects in the organization. He's played 45 games. Yeah, and you want to trade him already? I would, I would trade it for Dubois. First of all, Dubois is only 24 years old. You made me all of my Tascam equipment, which is supplied by <laughs> Ericsson Audio, the choice of musicians, engineers, and broadcast Tony. professionals, George. I have water all over my board. I can't believe this. Tony, listen not, to me. Not to mention, and I'll, I'll make you finish now, but I just want you to know that tomorrow I'm going to dread when I watch this on YouTube and I see water coming out of my nose. It's still leaking, George. Tony, listen to me. Dubois is 24 years old. He's a... He's a incredible player he will be the first superstar for the montreal canadian first french superstar since jose theodore he makes he could join a core of guys that you could build your team around you have a big guy in there in a small team which is going to help you your line your line at center is done um you have a guy that's going to help you now 
like and and again slav oh is a project oh but God. i don't see him be a top line one day tony too much disappointment the other day we were watching a practice he was learning i'm sure you would have said the same thing about Tony, Paige thompson four Tony, years ago. listen he was learning in practice how to keep his head up like during drills because his head is always done he always gets rocked want me to like, explain it to you he's been the biggest player that he's played uh that he's played with and against for several years now like eric lindros was and those players they have the they have unfortunately a very bad habit of skating with their head down because they just plow over guys you enter a league that's very fast and you get some guys as big as you and you can't do that so they're trying to break a habit so that's why kent hughes said imagine you don't walk straight and your right foot is outward and your left foot is inward and i ask you to change the way you walk and then I ask you not only to change the way you walk, but I ask you to juggle three balls at the same time. And then I put you on the highway to do that. You're going to get hit. He was talking about Slavkowski, and the game's going too fast for a guy who has a bad habit. Tony, Tony. George, he's 18 years old. He's four months into his NHL career. You want to give up on him already. In two or three years, you're going to watch this podcast. You're going to be embarrassed you said this. Tony, how could you say that is given up when I talk about trading him about one of the top centers in the NHL with Dubois. How could he say he's given up? I didn't say giving away for nothing. Dubois is a hell of a player. Are you kidding me? Like, you know how many players... He's, um, he's gonna, many, he has the potential to be free in a year and a half, and you could pick yeah, him up Tony, without giving but, up but, anything but, in return. Tony, listen to this, and I'm going to answer this to you and to everybody listening, okay? Please. Everybody is thinking that the Jets are stupid. The Jets, Winnipeg Jets are dumb. They're going to agree to sign him for one year so you become unrestricted so you lose him for nothing they're so dumb they're going to train him at the draft to a team that he agreed to do an extension and that way they're going to get the maximum they get out of him they're not just going to get him one year and wait he's unrestricted and trade him because even if they trade him at the trade deadline next year because he's unrestricted after they won't get as much as if they trade him at the draft to a team that is agreed to sign an extension Yes, he said he wants to play in Montreal. But how many French Canadians have said that, Tony, and they didn't do it? Briere did it. Le Cavalier did it. They used the Canadian to raise up the ante. So all I'm saying is that his agent, when he talks to the Jets, they're going to give a few teams they'll agree to go to and sign an extension. He will sign an extension by the draft, Tony. So everybody's thinking, oh, we're going to get him for free. People already think that the plan is done and the Jets going to sign him for one year and after that he's done, so we'll get him for free. Come on, Tony. Teams are not dumb. They're going to try to get as much as they can for him and the Jets, there's no way they're losing him for nothing. Come well, on, man. Canadians lost Radulov for nothing. It happens. Yeah, because they, everybody thought he was going to sign again in Montreal because what did he do? He talked about how much he loved Montreal and everybody's like, oh my God, finally somebody that loves Montreal. And what did he do? Okay. He, he got Montreal, gave him the same offer as the dollar stores, and he signed in dollars. He okay. wanted nothing to do here. Okay. Now, you ready for this? I'm going to ask you some questions. By the way, I love the fact that you're very opinionated, okay? It's absolutely fantastic, okay? It didn't feel <laughs> good when water came out of my nose. I'm going to ask you some questions, and you're going to answer them, and we're going to go real fast, all right? Okay. 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 Do the Montreal Canadiens have goaltending to put them over the top? If you had to say yes or no, you'd say what? Oh, my God, no. They don't. Perfect. They, 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 they go Do the Montreal Canadiens have a defense core right away to put them over the top in the next couple of years? Yes or no? No. no. Perfect. Do the Montreal Canadiens have a quarterback on the power play? Yes or no? No. Do the Montreal Canadiens, if Doc stays at center, have a right winger that can complement the line of Caulfield no. and Suzuki? Okay, no. perfect. Do the Montreal, are the Canadians big enough at the forward position and tough enough to be able to go very, very far in the playoffs? Yes no. or no? Okay. No. So if the Canadians are missing all of these pieces, George Larac, why would you want to go out, trade a prospect on an entry-level contract, go out and get a player who's in his mid-20s, who's going to want to sign a long-term extension, make big money when you're still missing at least Five to six pieces to be a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. Okay. okay. Uh, nice, nice setup. Okay. Nice setup to put you can in go a to corner. Bed but now. you didn't put me in a corner. Can I answer your question? 
Yes. The reason why Tony, I would train him is because I do not think that Slavkovsky is going to be a top six winger, a top six player in the near future. I don't see it in him. I've seen Tony, I played 13 years in the NHL. I've seen rookies. I've seen European guys. I've seen guys coming into the league. I've seen tendencies. I've watched and I've played the game. The way that he plays, the way that he is, the way that he gets hit, the way that he doesn't learn, the way that he's not poised, the way that he that he is, I don't see it. I don't and and Tony, it's not like that year that he was drafted. It's not like he was George, rated he's an raw. exceptional George, he, he's he raw. Have an exceptional status. He's, he's raw, good, George. George, he's raw, like the food that you eat. Do you have an appreciation for that? Have an appreciation for him, George. He's raw, George. Tony, he's a nice kid, okay? I'm not saying that he's not a bad kid. He's a bad kid. He's a nice kid. I just don't see him crack the top six with any team in the NHL because he's big. Joe Thornton doesn't look good at 18, eh? He, he's, Tony, when you're 6'4", you got to have some side, some kind of grip. Jagger, look, look, you know what Jagger was? When he was the size, when he was 18, how Jagger was protecting the puck, you couldn't hit him. And if you hit Jagger, you got hurt. Uh, George, because... we're talking about one of the greatest players in the history of the game. Why do we no, have but to I'm talking about person? Yeah, but Tony, I'm not talking skill-wise how Jagger is a goal scorer. I'm talking his body. A European guy that knew how to use his body. Not even. I'm not talking Jagger, the goal scorer. We know Slav's never going to be like that. I'm talking about how Jagger knew how to use his body. And he didn't get rocked like that every game. Every time he's on the ice, man, I'm afraid he's a target. People know he's an open ice in on him because he doesn't know how to protect himself. His head is down all the time. All I'm saying, Tony, he's getting hit because they shouldn't have put him in the National Hockey League this year. In my opinion, they made yes, a mistake. That's true. That's why they're fucking up his development. We agreed on that, at least, Tony. Yes, we, we agree agreed. On that. And now he shouldn't have played in the NHL this year. Now he got hurt. He's going to be behind next year again. He's slow. He's not ready. And if I don't see him be a top six, trade him for Dubois. Dubois is going to be in his prime for the next 10 years. For the next 10 years, Tony. If he comes in, he's going to be part of the solution with a young core of guys. Oh, yeah. Dubois is going to be in his prime when he's 35. You're right, George. No. Sure. He's going to, for the next 10 years, he's, no, I said in the next 10 years, you're going to have the best out of him. And anyway, if he signs, it's going to be seven years. So 2040 is 31. So I okay. think it's pretty good. We're going to do this because now you just went from George, 20 minutes, bro, Larac. You went to George, 27 minutes, bro, Larac. Okay? We're going to do this. This is the beauty of a podcast is that unlike the radio, when in radio you say things and sometimes they're not podcasted, they're not cut, the audio is not out, you can actually, you can end up saying, you can, you can, you can, you can deny saying things because the tape. Well, I'm, not, I'm, not not denying it. I'm not denying it. No, no. The beauty of this podcast is this will go in a library. It'll be in the YouTube channel. It'll be here forever. In a couple of years from now, this trade's not going to take place. In a couple of years from now, we're going to go back and we're going to take a look at Yuri Slavkowski, and you'll have said that, in your opinion, he's not going to be a top six player. And yes. all have said that he will, in a couple of years from now, be playing on a line with Caulfield and Suzuki. Never. And then we're going to revisit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and that's the story. Uh, very In 10 seconds. In 10 seconds. Is it true that I read something? Did you talk to the Edmonton Oilers about Joel Edmondson? Yes or you, no? You're good. Uh, you're good, Tony. You're good. You're good. They're <laughs> you must, looking be, talking, for, you must you. be talking to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, your nickname is Rabbit Tony. But uh, yeah, and uh, yeah. Did you talk to the orders about Joel Edmondson? Yes or no? Um, I talked to someone on the team about him. That's what I'll say. I talked to someone that works for the team. And uh, I know that we inquire for a defenseman. And I said that uh, he has a bad back. And I don't think he's going to be able to help a team in the long term because, you know, media has seen him after games with ice pack, hot pack in his back. He's done. Minus 27, worst demon of the Canadian because of his injury caught up to him. And they need a guy that is reliable that could play, not a guy that is hurt. So there was a play. chance there was going to be a trade between the Canadians and the Oilers, and Emerson was going to be involved, and you told the Oilers, don't touch. I, I don't say, I, I'm not going to say that if if they're not doing it, it's because of that. I just gave my opinion about someone that asked me about him, and I answered.
So I wasn't talking to the GM. I speak the truth, Tony. Mm -hmm. If somebody asks me about a player, I'm going to say what I think. And the guy's always hurt. They might not always see what's going on here. And why would I want someone to get a play a team that I've played with before, get a player that is done? It would make me laugh if the orders would ask you your opinion on Pierre-Luc Dubois. You would tell them to give up McDavid and Dreisaitl. <laughs> Come on, Tony. Come on. <laughs> I'm joking around with you, George. First of all, the, the Oilers, they don't need Dubois. They need a D-man and they need a goalie. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Hey, George. And, Campbell, and the Campbell thing, it's, I can't believe it, but believe it or not, like as much as I thought it was a good signing, it ended up being a disaster. My God, you made me, you made me, I, water came out of my nose, man. Water came out of my nose. <laughs> George. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining me tonight on the Sick Podcast. Love you, buddy. Thank Have you, fun bro. with your pillow. He's gone, ladies and gentlemen. He went down for the count of three. One, two, three, you're out. Oh my god. Tony's gonna have a hazma attack. He's the only guy that I know that he laughed himself out of oh my god. Oh my god, I can't take it anymore. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh George. I'm so immature. <laughs> hold on a second. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. What is he doing? Man, that guy is weird, man. What are you doing? Tony, what are you doing? What is this? <laughs> You copying my style now? <laughs> no, you know what I'm gonna do? do I gotta get you one of Pierre-Luc Dubois. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you what you're gonna do to it. <laughs> Stop yeah. the show! Stop the show! Call the ambulance! Oh my god! Okay. Give me a give me a pillow of Dubois. Oh, a pillow God. in wood. I'm ordering you a pillow. Hold on a second. You want me to do a pillow Dubois with the Canadians or with yeah. the Winnipeg Jets? With the with Canadians? The Canadians. With the Canadians. Oh, my God. Uh, okay, George. Have you a did. great night, buddy. Yeah, you thank you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Holy jumping. Well, I can't even see straight anymore. Oof, this guy can't do it with me. I'm in those pillows. Wow. Uh, we have our guy, Jeremy Filosa. Jeremy. Yes. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> every time, every time I do uh, this of uh, a sick podcast with him, he's in a hotel room. He's not wearing a shirt. He's not wearing his pants. He's not wearing underwears. Hey, and look at me. Today he's look going up and down on a pillow. I'm in my underwears to tell you the truth. Look You're in that. your underwears too. I'm on the balcony in Florida in my underwear, but I got wow. a shirt on at least. Oh, that's, a, that's amazing. All right, Jeremy Filosa from 98.5 uh, FM. And um, you're uh, you're live in Florida. Yeah. And you went down for the NHL All-Star Weekend. 
It was media yes. day today. It's the all-star skills competition tomorrow. Yep. It's the all-star game on Saturday. And see if Montreal is going to play a couple of preseason games in Florida, which you're also going to attend for, um, you know, a podcast that you host along with Gavino DiFalco called IMFC Radio, yep. which yes. I think is 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 fantastic content. Uh, I'm a member. I subscribed and uh, and I listen and I watch all the time. But let's talk NHL. So uh, today was NHL Media Day. Yep. Gary Bettman. I was told yep. he didn't speak. Wasn't he supposed to speak, or was I? Am I misinformed here? Listen, in the notes that we got from the league, there was never any notice about Bettman speaking. But he usually does speak at the All Star Game. He usually takes time in the middle of the season at the All Star break to give a sort of a dress to the nation. But uh, this time, it doesn't look like he's going to do it. The thing is, he was in Montreal last week. We had a chance to talk to him. I even told him after the press conference, I said, what are we going to talk about next week in Florida? He goes, ah, I'll make something up, you know. And finally, uh, it doesn't look like he's going to talk to the media at all uh, while he's here. So uh, we got a chance to speak to the players today. But it doesn't look like we're going to get a chance to speak to Batman before the end of the weekend. All right. You, you have a feeling that maybe the timing wasn't great for him either. And I know that sponsors are there. And this is basically an event that is is for sponsors so that they get all the sponsors down and they have a whole weekend and everyone has a good time. But this is just a couple of days after an article coming out in Sports Business Journal that in year two of their TV deal with ESPN and TNT, ratings are down by 22%. Yeah, that's a yeah. massive number, obviously. But the thing that we have to also understand is that there are many more games now that are available to fans And so that's an average of more than double the amount of games. So in reality, you're going from 475,000 to 370. Yes, it's a drop-off, but it, when you consider that you have double the amount of games on, it is more eyeballs on your games. But yes, in terms of games, uh, you know, viewership per games, it is down 22% is a massive number. The good news is, though, uh, the, the, the numbers in terms of uh, people – Um, you know, uh, following anything that has to do with the NHL on social media is up 224%. That's a huge, huge number of people liking, watching videos, commenting. Uh, so, you know, definitely it, it seems as though people are willing to keep their eyeballs on their telephones for a minute or two to watch some highlights or whatever. But then if they got to sit down in front of the TV and watch a whole game, then that's a, it's a different ballgame. No Quebecer at the all-star game. So members of the media from Quebec down there. And yeah. uh, usually there's representation from La Belle Provence. Um, does, does this say anything to you or you just think it's a one-off? Listen, I mean, this is the first time in the history of the NHL that we do not have a player from Quebec in the all-star game. I find it sad. I find it's a little bit un unfortunate. There have been other French speaking players that have also made it in the past. Claude Giroux, Jonathan Taves, but there's always been at least one representative of Quebec, and usually more than one. You know, we're talking about guys like uh, Christopher Letin, Jonathan Huberdeau. Uh, there's been in the last couple of years Bergeron. Uh, Bergeron. Uh, we've had obviously the three goaltenders that, that were there for years on end: Roberto Luongo, Martin Brodeur, Patrick Wad, and we had guys that were at Marc the All Star Fleury was there. Giroux was there, even though he's born in Ontario. Fleury was there for a long time till last year. Um, you know, obviously the the the, the Vincent Le Cavaliers and Martin Saint Louis and all the other ones. And then when we go even more back, there's even more French speaking players, obviously. But there there are none. There's not even one, unfortunately, this time. So I think it's I think it's a one off. But at the same time, the pool is just not the same. You know when you had those four guys that we just mentioned, Fleury, Latin, uh, Fleury, Luongo, Brodeur, and Roy, you were basically guaranteed to have at least one Quebec representative. But those dominating Quebec goalies, it, it's yeah. th that, that, that time has is, is, is evolved and we're, we're elsewhere now. So I, I, don't have, I don't have the list in front of me, okay? Yeah. But I'd be willing to bet that at least on one occasion, uh, Jaguar must have played in an all-star game. Crawford must have played in an all-star game. Crawford did, absolutely. I think 2015 was his last all-star game. Probably Pave, who used to play uh, Felix Pave, who used to play with the Leafs. He probably played in an all-star game. So they're, probably. You, know, you know, Jose Theodore? 
Jose Theodore, for sure. So, I mean, in the last 20 By the way, I don't years, have the stats in front of me. I don't even know if they did. They didn't how many. I don't know. But I'm just, I would think logic would say that they did. Yeah, guys like Briere, we 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 forget, but he was yeah. like a, a you know a guy that went to the All Star game. So yeah, I think the pool is a little bit smaller now. Unfortunately, you do have a few of those players, but Huberdeau didn't have a great start to the year, for example. Same thing for uh, Fleury. So you know that impeded them a little bit. I think a guy like Bergeron could have been asked to go. I think Clojie, who definitely with twenty goals and forty eight points. Could have been asked to go. Uh, they sent Kachuk instead. I don't know if it's because his brother with the mm -hmm. Panthers was a big attraction. Maybe they wanted to reunite them both on yeah. the ice. I'm yeah. not sure. But because of all those circumstances, we don't have a representative from here uh, for this so, weekend. So we talked about the ratings being down 22% on ESPN and TNT. You explained it by more games being shown, though, however. Uh, one thing that is up is social media views. All exactly. Right? And and so when the NHL ends up posting like Connor McDavid's goal from the night before type of thing, those views are more so now than ever, which obviously is encouraging. I mean, the opposite would have been discouraging. But what does that tell us exactly? Does that tell us that the interest is there or does that tell us that the interest is only there because people would rather watch a highlight than watching an entire game? You know what? I'm going to give you the example of my son, who's a big sports junkie, and he follows basically everything that's going on on social media. He doesn't miss one of McDavid's or Ovechkin's goals. He follows them attentively. He wants to know how many points McDavid's going to get this year. He wants to know how fast Ovechkin's going to catch up to Gretzky, and he does watch all those little highlights. Now, my son is, like I said, he's a little bit of a nut, so he also still sits down in front of the TV and watches games. But a lot of the young kids, and he tells me he's in a Spockitsud program, and a lot of the players on his, on, in his sports program don't actually watch games. And this is a new reality, is that they, they, they don't, I don't know if they don't have the attention span. You're, or you're, just, you're, you're, you're right about this, Jeremy, because I got two boys myself. You know, one of them is going to be 20 uh, in the month of February, and the other one is going to end up being 18 in the month of March. And... You know, they have their favorite sport and their favorite sport, they watch games. But if it's not their favorite sport and it's a secondary sport, which they also follow, they'll just follow it on social media and just for highlights. And I don't know if the last three years made them so dependent on their phones that they weren't going out that much because of reasons that we know. And maybe it's just a force of habit. Or I don't know if it's a new way of watching sports that they just take a look at highlights here and there. But it's concerning. If you're the National Hockey League, as much as you're you're happy that your social media views are up, you got to be saying, okay, our social media views are up, but our viewership is down. Why are people more interested than watching one-minute clips than watching a two-and-a-half-hour game? Well, you, you know, know, they find the one-minute clip exciting. They don't find the two-and-a-half-hour game exciting. Well... You know, there's one thing, and you know, do you remember 20 years ago when Fox had the games and they had that little flash of light behind the puck? Yeah, yeah we the all laughed. Yeah, puck. we all light, we yeah. all laughed because me and you, we've been watching hockey for the last 40 years, and we're used to it. Okay, but the reality is the game is much much faster now. And sitting down watching the game with my wife, I find her often saying to me, "Where's the puck? The puck moves so fast." Uh, you know, when there's a slap shot, half the time, you don't know if the puck is in the net, if it's hit the, the glass, if it's in the mesh behind, if the goalie made the same, you don't know. So I think for the average Joe who's not used to watching hockey, you got to find a way to tweak it a little bit to make it easier for people to follow because the game is so fast that a lot of times you're not really sure exactly what's going on. Where's the puck? The puck moves fast. It disappears. So maybe maybe they weren't so crazy back then. I'm going to, you know what? You're, maybe you're right. I'm going to throw something else at you. Yeah. We know that the number one sport in the United States is football. All right. Yes. We know that basketball and baseball come before hockey as well. Yeah. But we also know if you take a look at the Gallup poll and surveys that are done every six or seven years in the States, that the baseball, the popularity of baseball in the States the numbers have gone way down in the past couple of years, right? To a point where it's alarming. Why? You know as well as I do, the major reason is the games last too long. So 
What I'm getting at is this. Knowing that hockey isn't in the blood of our American brothers and sisters as much as football, as much as basketball, and as much as baseball, the fact that, and it's not the end of the world that an average game lasts two and a half hours, but take a look. The MLS's popularity, it's going higher and higher and higher and higher every day. Why? Because fans know that a soccer game in less than two hours, it's done. It's done. And we're including an intermission of 17 to 20 minutes. And the National Hockey League, two and a half hours once again, it's not the end of the world. But if it's not in their blood to begin with, you got to do something to make it end quicker. And I don't know what they're going to do because at the end of the day, a 60-minute game is a 60-minute game, and it's yeah. going to last two and a half hours yeah. whether you like it or not. I don't have the, the solution. The, you know what? I think those the, the two-and-a-half-minute TV breaks three times a period, now they're at 18 minutes between periods now. 18 minutes. It used to be 15, used to be 17, now it's 18 minutes. I think for a lot of people, if you don't have a good game on your hands and you've switched stations, you might not ever end up coming back to that game. So, you know, that's the advantage that soccer has is they play a full 45 minutes, there are no commercial breaks. And I don't think the NHL can get around that because they're just, they need that money. They need that revenue, that stream of money. But I also, as I mentioned, is the play right now is so fast. And part of the of what's fun when you're watching a play is to see the development of the play. A lot of times, the puck ends up in the back of the net and you're like, whoa, what happened? Who, who gave it to what? It deflected off what? Off who? I, I didn't even see it. And you got to get to the second, third, fourth, fifth replay to say, okay, I understand. Went off this guy. And so, I mean, it's fast. It's very, very, very fast. I hear you. Um, Another thing I think, though, is that I've said this before, Jeremy. Why is football so popular? Because 17 weeks and then you're into the playoffs. Exactly. Once a week and that's it. Hockey is on every night with preseason starting in the third week of September. The regular season's ending in the second week of April. And the Stanley Cup coming out in the end of June. And then the draft in the third week of June. And then free agency in July. People cannot watch hockey every night. They have a life. They have work. They have kids. They have family. Um, they, they, yeah. they, they have other interests. And, you know, and I think there's, there's I, other I, sports. You know, Sunday is dedicated to football. Monday is dedicated to football. Thursday is dedicated to football. So on those nights, not a good idea for the National Hockey League to go head to head. It's not. No, no. You know what? And the thing is, I think that's one of the reasons why the NHL has made this move and transitioned towards sports betting because they know that people who bet on games watch games. Um, and, and the reality is, if you're in Dallas and the Dallas Stars play four games this week, but the Cowboys only played at one time on Sunday night, then you know that you're going to make time for that Sunday night game. You'll watch it, and then you're done for the week, whereas the Dallas Stars, you know, might play Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, or whatever it is. And so you didn't watch today, but you'll watch the next one. And, you know, let's say the truth. At 370,000 views per game, it's not much. It's really not much, Tony. That number needs to go up. Okay. So why do people watch hockey to begin with? Number one, when I was growing up, the Canadians and the Bruins, the Canadians, the Canadians and the Bruins. Yeah. The Canadians and the Nordiques, the Islanders and the Rangers, the Oilers and the Flames, the Flyers and the Penguins, the, um, the, uh, the Avalanche and the Red Wings. All right. I'm probably missing some here, but there were, about 12 teams that were like, you know, that they were involved in rivalries at the very least, maybe 14 teams that were involved in rivalries. And they used to play each other six times a year, or they used to play each other eight times a year. You know, we just saw the Canadians and the Bruins for the first time two weeks ago. It doesn't make yep. sense. If I was the commissioner of this league, and by the way, he celebrated Gary Bedman did his 30 year anniversary as commissioner of the league yesterday. If I was the commissioner of the league, I'd have a lot more games between teams that have a well, history. I'd have a lot more rivalry games. And, Jeremy, I'm going to finish with this. 
I would have two games in three nights, and I would have them in the same city. This way, you avoid travel. So I'm going to give you an example. And I said yeah. this earlier tonight on GEC at TVS Spot on television. I said, let's just say the Canadians play the Bruins on a Thursday night and a Saturday night, and both games are in Montreal. You get the Boston media coming to Montreal on the Wednesday, and they start preparing the whole stuff and all the interviews and all the players. You start pumping up the game. Then on Thursday, the media is there back again. It's game day, all the interviews, all that stuff. Then you have the game on Thursday night. On the Friday, then you have the post-game show. You have the post-game with everyone in the room and all the clips and all the audio. And then on the Friday, you have morning skates, and then the media is back at it again. And they're not only talking about the game from the night before, but they're preparing the tables for you know the game that's going to take place the following night. That's what I would do. You avoid travel. You avoid it for media, especially for players. Players are more fresh. I'd actually take some games off of the schedule as well because if you take one or two games per month off of the schedule, you're going to avoid some threes and fours. You're going to avoid some fours and sixes. This is the way I would tackle it. And then the other thing I would do, you have to try and find a way to score more goals again. Fans that watch, they don't watch for defensive hockey, Jeremy. They don't. They want to see goals. Yeah. Well, listen, we, we, we actually had a chance to talk uh, to Gary Bettman last week about this very subject. And, you know, he's very attached and fond of the idea of every team needs to face every team at home and away, which, which is, 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 is a philosophy. You know, a lot of people will say, you know what, my, my team is the Anaheim Ducks, and I want to be able to go see them once a year at the Bell Center if, uh, you know, if that's the case. So, and vice versa. So, if you want to do what you're trying to say, then you need to also limit the games that you play against the Metropolitan Division. That means you're only facing the Rangers once at home, once away. Same thing for the Penguins, same thing for the Capitals. If you're willing to make that sacrifice, then you could probably go up to four games per division, um, which is a minimum, according to me. It's yeah. got to be minimum four games. Because at three games right now, with one, your first one in January, and your last two might even be meaningless, and they will be meaningless between the Canadians and the Bruins, because the Bruins will be in. They'll probably have clinched first place. The Habs will be out. You know, what's the... What's the interest there? I hear you, Jerry. Let's get to the skills competition, which will take yeah. place tomorrow night. What is the chip and puck competition? <laughs> okay, so the chip and puck competition, I can't explain it exactly because a lot of the stuff has not been told to us. They want to keep an element of surprise. But what I can tell you is that the chip and puck um, was already filmed, and it, it happened on the Fort Lauderdale Beach. And what I can tell you is Canadians captain Nick Suzuki participated in that, and there were also a few... Uh, PGA professionals that were there with him. I know he had a lot of fun. I think it involves golf clubs, golf balls, but also hockey sticks and, and, and pucks. I'm not sure 100%. The way they set it up here in Florida, Tony, is that uh, there's a sort of, um, um, how can I explain it? Uh, there's a big setup on the beach here in Fort Lauderdale where fans can visit. They have a museum, which has been moved here. Uh, there are a lot of former... Um, all-stars, NHL all-stars that are here signing autographs, taking pictures. Uh, we have a lot of memorabilia that's here. Mm -hmm. they, they've sort of put together a little ice rink for people to be able to jump on and try it. I'm um, pretty sure it's artificial, but whatever. That's that's besides the point. So there's a lot of things going on here, and, and that's where they had that little event um, with Nick Suzuki. So when you're going to watch it live on Friday night, well, it will have been pre-recorded. And they're keeping it pretty hush-hush on exactly and, and, what and, happened and how it works. And they probably did that for a number of reasons. But one of them is probably they want to have some fantastic shots. So they probably did a couple of takes, right, until they ended up getting a fantastic shot. And they're probably using the best of some of those shots that you talked about from earlier today. All right. Yeah. The yeah. So there's contest. that. There's a dunking contest, exactly, which I think was also pre-recorded, but I'm not sure. So you have to hit targets. And I think they will have players or media members or fans uh, sitting there with the jersey of the opposing team. And if you hit the target, then he gets dunked, you know, just like it was in the old days when you went Into to the, the water. Exactly. Okay, exactly. That's, that's pretty good because you know what? There's so many ideas that you can do to spice up a skills competition. I've never really found that the skills competition has been all that good. I was surprised to hear today that the ratings for the NHL skills competition are actually superior to the NBA's because I thought the NBA's slam dunk competition is like a real, real happening. But anyway, we'll see what happens there. You spoke to Suzuki. You talked yes. to him about the captaincy? Yes. 
he talked about the captaincy, the good things and the bad things. Obviously, he said, you know, these first 50 games have given him a lot of experience, a lot of food for thought, obviously, but it hasn't been easy. And, and he was very clear about it. Uh, and he didn't really talk about, you know, issues about having to talk to the media or stuff like that. By the way, Suzuki hasn't been as available as he usually has been in these last couple of weeks. And that's okay. Uh, a lot of guys from the, the Rockets were up and they were performing well. So we, we talked to those guys instead and that was fine. But, you know, Suzuki said that he understands that this team is not going to be winning anytime soon. But at the same time, there is some built-up frustration there. He admitted that he went up to Kent Hughes' office more than once to talk about these frustrations. He's trying, oh, wow. to, he's trying to live the process and, and understand it and follow through with it. But at the same time, it hasn't been easy. He also uh, hasn't found it easy to lose both of his assistants for you know extended periods of time, Gallagher, Edmondson. Uh, the good news is he, he talked a lot about uh, David Savard and the help that he's offered. Uh, to support him in the dressing room, uh, a lot of praises for David Savard. But you know, you know, you know, we're talking to, with uh, uh, with Nick today for almost a half hour. Oh yeah, just yeah, just talking about everything. Some of it was recorded, some of it was not. You know, he's a shy guy, Tony. He's a really shy guy. And at one point, he talked about, you know, I got to take my place and say things to players at certain times in games, which was not natural for him. And he yeah. said that it's not natural for him, you know, in, in his shy personality, he's not going to go up to Mike Hoffman and tell him, Hey, why are you, why are you doing this like this? Why are you, why are you not doing it like that? You know, he's not there yet. And this is why I said at the beginning, you know, I, have, I don't have a problem with Nick Suzuki being the captain of the Canadians. I would have preferred if it was in a couple of years from now. Me too. But he's done he's a good a, job, a, though. But I, you yes. know, yeah, he's done a good job. But and but it's you know what? That he's supported by Edmondson and Gallagher because they could do that because they're not shy. Yeah, but they're not there right now. That's the reality. Yeah. So he has to he has to rely on a guy like David Savard. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the reality is the pressure hasn't really been there this year, Tony, yeah. because we don't have any expectations. So whatever happens with the team, we just say to ourselves, you know what? It's just going to be a losing season. So. There, there isn't that added pressure on his shoulders at this moment from the media. But if next year the team on paper yeah. looks better and they still don't win, that's when he's going to start finding it tough, I think. A shout-out to Playground with over 600 machines, poker tournaments, and Playground casino games, daily promotions, and unmatched customer service. Why go anywhere else? Located just over the Mercia Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal. All right. Speaking of Suzuki, his line mate, Cole Caulfield, man, where they are on fire together at the beginning of the season, they put up big numbers, goals, and points. Cole Caulfield, take a look at this picture that he put on his Instagram a couple of hours ago. Yeah. There he is. He says, be back soon. And he was operated earlier today on his shoulder. He had shoulder surgery. Uh, I believe it was Dr. Peter Millett in, uh, in Colorado. And uh, taking a look at the smile on his face or his reaction, it looks like the uh, operation was successful. Yeah. And uh, well, we hope so. Suzuki spoke to uh, Cole Caulfield today after the operation. He said that he still sounded a little groggy, to tell you the truth. But, um, you know, he admitted that he thought that this was going to be a tough period for Cole Caulfield. Uh, he said this type of player, to keep him away from the rink for six to nine months, depending mm -hmm. on how much time it's going to take him, it's going to be really tough psychologically. I mean, obviously he knows that he'll, he'll come out stronger, uh, but – you know, he said himself, I've never had this type of surgery, uh, but I know how tough it would be on me. And I know how tough it is on him uh, to keep him away from the rink. He is going to be heading back to Wisconsin um, for the for the period being going to go meet up with some family, rest up and then probably get back to Montreal towards the end of the year to start slowly start training again. OK, very quickly in a couple of minutes, I want to talk to you about Bo Herbat, uh, Connor McDavid and Alexander Ovechkin. Let's yeah. start with Horvat. He was involved in a deal traded to the Islanders. Uh, did he talk about the possibility of him resigning yes. on the island? Yeah, I actually asked him that question specifically today. And he said, listen, uh, I haven't really given it that much thought. I, I've just been traded. He hasn't actually, you know, reported to the Islanders yet. He will right after the All-Star game. What's going to be weird, just a little uh, sidebar here, is that He'll be wearing an Islanders jersey, but he'll be playing for the Pacific. 
because oh, wow. otherwise, otherwise it doesn't work out. So he's like, that's going to be weird, but that's the way it's going to be. So he said that um, he's open to, re- to signing with the Islanders. He said that he has a tremendous amount of respect for the organization, for Lula Morello, and that if an offer was placed, that he would consider it seriously. Now, I mean, I- I'm guessing and I'm expecting, I was expecting that type of answer from him. Does that mean he actually means it? I don't know. But what he said is, look, right now, I just want to focus on the hockey. I want to find a place for my family to live. I'm happy to be with the Islanders. Super excited. Uh, but at this point in time, I mean, it's it's tough to say if he'll resign. But look, Lamorello has made this type of move before. Uh, Pajot came in a few years back, if you yeah. remember well, from the Sens. And everybody said, you know, he's going to be a rental. They're going to lose him. And they were able to convince him to stick around. So yeah, let's see what happens. Uh, the best players in the game usually end up winning a cup. They don't always do, but in the National Hockey League, I mean, uh, over the last 10 or 15 years, Patrick Kane won his cup, and Jonathan Taves won his cup, and Evgeny Malkin won his cup, and Sidney Crosby won his cup, and last year, Nathan McKinnon won his cup. Connor McDavid still has not won the Stanley Cup. I know you had a chance to talk to him. I would imagine he was asked about the parity in the league and whether or not this is the year for the Oilers. Yeah, I mean, listen, he didn't say anything convincing. He didn't say any statement like, you know, we're going to go out there. We're going to win the cup this year. He, he talked a lot about the parity. Uh, I'm not sure he's a, he's a great fan of it, to tell you the truth. Uh, I think he would like to be in a league where, you know, there's that sort of rotation where the good teams are dominant for a while and then they might go into that rebuilding phase. Yeah, but yeah. In, the NA, in the NHL, uh, you know, teams, teams bounce back. And, and he explained it himself. He's like, you can think for two weeks that a team is hot and then all of a sudden they lose four straight games. That's the reality of the NHL. But uh, we talked to McDavid about scoring goals. And, you know, he we asked him if there were any players out there that he looks at specifically uh, to, in order to get tips or to improve his game. And he named two guys, um, Austin Matthews and Sidney Crosby, are the two guys that he says he looks at, tries to take notes from, tries to learn, tries to improve his game day in and day out. So, but I got to tell you, today, Tony, it was all about you know, McDavid, every player we spoke to had something to say about McDavid and they're all in awe. Yeah. And including Ovechkin, you know? Yeah. Um, Speaking of Ovechkin, speaking of Ovechkin, I mean, the major story is that Gretzky's 894 within his grasp, right? And he's probably, you know, it's no longer if it looks like it's when he must've been pretty excited about that. And, and, you know, the fact that he's still scoring goals with regularity Yes. At his age. I mean, it's uh, this guy's superhuman. I mean, he's like Popeye. He must eat his spinach every day. That's what I said. Is like when, when he was talking about McDavid, and the thing that impressed him the most about McDavid was the consistency. And if there's one guy who's been consistent over the last, you know, 15 years in the NHL, it's Alex Ovechkin. I mean, he's still at his age today. And I asked him that question specifically. How do you keep being so consistent? And he said, listen, two things. You got to be in shape. And you got to avoid injuries. You got to be healthy, right? So he's had those two. Uh, he's avoided injuries his whole career. But when he was asked, uh, and it was actually J.F. Chaumont from Journal that asked him, you know, um, about the record. And he said, you know what? For the longest time, I thought to myself, it's going to be impossible. Like, I'm not going to be able to continue scoring at this pace into the age where I'm going to need to be scoring those goals in order to reach that goal. He goes, but right now, I'm I just I keep producing so he says I'm taking it one day at a time I'm taking it one goal at a time I don't want to think too far uh but but he's he said for the longest time I didn't think it was going to be possible what was the weather like today in Florida and what is it going to be overlay in the next week or so fan freaking tastic I'm sitting on the balcony right now in my shorts and it's I don't know 24 degrees maybe Celsius uh it's going to be sunny Every single day, about 29 degrees for the next two weeks that I'll be here. Um, I can't say enough about the weather down here, my friend. It's my third time down to Florida this winter. And uh, you know what? I wish I could take all of Quebec with me down to Florida. There are a lot of Quebecers down here, obviously, in and around the hotels where the players are at. A lot of French Canadians are here wanting to get some autographs and stuff. But, I mean, you know, Florida is le petit Quebec, right? And every time uh... I see... Every time I see a senior citizen in Quebec walking on the sidewalk in the snow 
on the on the the, the ice patches. I think to myself, no senior citizen should have to live through that. They should all be down here, like my parents are down here, enjoying themselves, and that's it. Jeremy Filosa, you live the way I dream, and I'll leave you with a question. <laughs> Who's yeah. better than you? Nobody. Right now, right now, nobody. <laughs> nobody. Jeremy, have a great night. Thanks for doing this, buddy. Ciao, bello. Jeremy Filosa of 98.5 FM and EMFC Radio, along with Gavino DiFalco. Yet another edition of the Sick Podcast. Marinaro, tell your friends about it. Message sick right now, S-I-C-K, if you're loving this podcast. Share it with your friends if you're watching on Facebook and or on YouTube. And leave us a five-star review if you listen on Google, Apple, or Spotify. Be true to yourself. I am. You should be too. Same time, same place, tomorrow night, the sick podcast, starting at 10 p.m. Eastern time. I'm Marinaro. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6. Intense by nature. And La Cage. If the last time you went to La Cage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to La Cage. The menu will surprise you.